There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you could do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with a Manchester United update. Joining us is our good friend, Joshy. You can find on Twitter at Doc underscore Joshy. He also does some stuff over at Full Time Devils, whose stuff has definitely been blowing up today, following the news that Jose Mourinho is no longer the manager of Manchester United. Josh, this has been coming for so long that we actually didn't talk about it after the loss to Liverpool because we've talked about it so much. It just kind of had this sense of prolonged inevitability, but it didn't feel like it would be coming this soon. So I guess we'll just start with, were you surprised that it's happened now? Um, I would say yes, uh, in that I thought that the Glazers and Ed Woodward would just prolong this decision to try and save a bit of money. Usually most of our managers have some clause in their contract about mathematically being out of the champion or unable to qualify for the Champions League and and then it's cheaper to sack them. So I was I was um surprised, although not 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 shocked because let's face it, my head says you know, it was just not going in in it was not going well, right? So league position, form style of play, uh, players' individual form, uh, players' uh, their, their, the sort of atmosphere around the club and around the squad. Uh, and, you know, whilst there, there's so much wrong at the club at the moment, the, the I guess the easiest thing to change is the manager. You can't sell an entire squad. Uh, the owners aren't just going to go, oh, yeah, cool, we're, we're rubbish and we're going to change everything up just for Jose Mourinho. So I think... This was an inevitable result, especially after losing so pathetically against Liverpool. So surprised that it's happened so quickly after that. But uh, but again, but not but that your fact that he got so- sacked is is not surprising to me. Yeah, as you said, it, it was kind of coming there for a while. Um, now let's kind of eulogize his time at Manchester United because. While we've seen a lot of lows lately, there were certainly some highs. What what were your kind of best and worst moments from from his tenure at Manchester United? So um, obviously, winning the Europa League, winning the League Cup, you know, trophies are really the measure of a manager over the career, and you know, you can't argue with with that with him. Um, you know, when he first came to United, he was he was he seemed relaxed, he seemed calm. Um, and, and and I guess those trophy wins were the were the highlights. He got you know, and they also got a, he also got us back into Champions League in the first season, the second season qualified for the Champions League with a with a decent season. I think the sec his second season was obviously overshadowed by a record breaking Man City season, but in other years it would have been a challenge for the title. And 
um, at least, uh, it would have won it in two out of the last seven, uh, last ten seasons. So it wasn't a disaster, but it wasn't quite what we were looking for. And, and I think that's been, it was amplified by the the city, well, city's form under Pep Guardiola last year. Um, lows, there've been a lot of the lows have been this season, but I think last year Sevilla in the Champions League was horrific. Um, and then obviously Liverpool the other day, that was a, just this year, this season, it's just been every week. There's been something not, not right every single week and it's just been worse and worse. Um, highs, other highs. I think the beginning of last season, you know, we were battering teams 4-0 quite a lot. And, and, you know, it was a bit of a, initially a bit of a joke around, you know, 4-0 FC. So that was something that was, I was really excited. I was like, wow, we're really we do we know we're taking our chances and, and all that kind of stuff and i think then we came up against liverpool who were there for the taking it hadn't started that well but he went to anfield and and shut up shop and and we just lost all momentum and whilst i wouldn't say that's that's the turning point that's led to today that's the first time i just thought there's a there's fear in this team there's like fear in jose Mourinho's the way he set the team up against the best best side and then from there it it just became a regular occurrence. Yeah, this will be an interesting um, follow-up plan to Mourinho, who again has now left. Uh, it sounds like Carrick will be in charge for about two days. Um, and then in the official statement, they said that somebody would be appointed caretaker until the end of the season. And then over the rest of the season, you'll kind of weigh up your options as a club and kind of take inventory and choose where to go from there. Uh, do you think that that's the right strategy for now? So, I mean... Look, I don't trust anything that the Glazers do, and this is why. Look, whilst I'm not surprised, and I'm not, I'm not sort of gut, gutted that he's been sacked because ultimately the results weren't there. But it's just another step backward for the club, and it, it just feels, um, it, it, you know, I just don't trust them to make the right decisions, and and I'm really just fed up of the. You know, that's just a, a kind way of saying that I'm, I'm not uh, happy with the way in which the Glazers run things. But I think given the state of the season and the state of the club, I, I guess an interim would work. Um, and then, you know, weigh up the options for the for the next permanent manager. This does feel slightly different to some of the previous sackings, obviously, in that it's happened in the middle of the season. It's not happened towards the end or at the end of the season. Um, and there, there, someone I was speaking to earlier today pointed out, well, there, there, it does also feel different because there seems to be some structural changes happening in terms of, uh, this apparent, <clears throat> apparent appointment of a director of football. So if that happens, I can maybe see some light at the end of the tunnel in terms of the Glazer ownership and the structure of the club and Woodward, Edward Woodward having so much influence over the footballing side of things. Um, with the, I think given the fact that the club is so poorly run, <laughs> I think an interim makes sense. Uh, while they try and work out what it is they really want to do, and and maybe set out a plan, maybe bring in a director of football who then sets out a plan and a and a vision and a strategy, or or you know something along those lines. That being said, it's not ideal. It's not. Um, like, what do you do in terms of transfers? What do you do in terms of 
um, like contracts for players, things like that. You're not going to consult them, the the manager. I mean, we just gave Chris Smalling a massive a, a three-year contract, um, Fellaini a contract in the summer. You know, this is just all part of that overall lack of planning. So for me, whatever the decisions that are being made at the moment, it's just they're all kind of ad hoc, off the cuff decisions. Um, so that it, it's a re- it's just a really it's a real low point. Uh, in, in the last sort of 20, 30 years as a United fan. Yeah, obviously you brought, brought up the board and the Glazers <laughs> who do not have the full support of the fan base, to be sure. Um, in the summer, there was some speculation that the board not backing him in the summer window was basically setting him up for failure. Uh, do you feel like that's what's occurred now? Um, I think that there was definitely an element of the them him not being backed uh you know but I, I don't i don't think that that can be used as the specific excuse right because he's still you know this team still last season they weren't conceding goals like they they have been this season uh and they've added players to the team he hasn't lost he didn't lose any key players um so i think it was almost like he didn't get what he wanted and then threw his toys out of the pram a bit and, and almost gave up a little bit on, on the season, right? Every time we set up defensively, every single match, we didn't even try and take teams on. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's an element of the, the board not being convinced that they want to go out and spend money on a centre-back and, and Edward Wood was making football decisions and that should never happen. Um, so I can see why Jose Mourinho was frustrated. But once the window closes, you go, right, fine, I'm going to get on with it. I'm going to do my thing. And then I'm going to say in the, in January, I need, I need X, Y, and Z and we'll be even better. But I feel like he almost gave up and, and, and sulked. And, and you saw that in his, in his um, press conferences and the way in which he dealt with the media, his public criticisms of the players. So, you know, for me, it, Logically speaking, it, it, it makes sense to that we're at this situation. I'm I'm actually fully gutted. Like I thought I was willing him to do well, like really wanted him to do well. So I'm not like someone who was a who was a, a quick sort of flip to a Jose out or someone who didn't want him at the club at all because we had those sections of the fa- um, the fans who were like that. But you just can't argue with the decision when the results have been so poor. So I think the club de- the, the club could have done better for him in the summer, that's for sure. I mean, we're still playing. The other day, um, we, st- uh, we, we, we were still playing with Antonio Valencia and Ashley Young as our fullbacks. And I retweeted a tweet from four years ago, which was a bit of a joke around how... Um, rem- you know, like, remember that time we had Ashley Young and... Antonio Valencia uh, failed wingers as our fullback, you know, like kind of good times, kind of like sarcastic tweet. <laughs> but that was from four years ago, and it was still happening this year. So, so you can see there has been, there hasn't been a whilst uh, you know we've spent a lot of money, there hasn't been a plan, there hasn't been, there's been like chronic underinvestment under Alex Ferguson um, has caught up with us, and then we've just tried to go out after these big name signings under. Uh, Moyes with Juan Mata, uh, uh, Van Hal. We're just hitting Di Maria, Falcao, um, Depay. I think was him as well. Depay, Memphis, uh, basic uh, Schweinsteiger. You know, big names that 
actually didn't really do much for us. Then Jose Mourinho came in, and look, I, 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 this this team, I don't think is his team. Um, I think that too many decisions are being made in terms of the personnel, right? The, it's not an excuse, but I think that the planning has been poor. And he, but he then also has contributed con- contributed to it with with his approach to when things don't go his way. So it's been a bit of a it's it's a mixture. There's a lot wrong at the club, and he's the easiest thing to sort of sort out in the short term. Yeah, there you do still have some big name players at the club that have not been performing. How much of that do you put under Mourinho, and how much of it do you put on the players? I think they they're I mean. I'll, Without, I'm not going to put numbers on it, but they share responsibility, right? You can't, I don't, have, you know, I'm not in the dressing room. I don't know what's being said. But Mourinho coming out publicly criticizing players in this day and age isn't going to help. Um, you know, he has to, he should have understood that he needs to adapt. I mean, Sir Alex Ferguson understood that, you know, when he, I remember in 2010 or, or some, at some point, he, he, made, he had an interview where he said, well, look, you know, when I had Brian Robson in the team, he never cried. I never saw him cry. Nowadays, you see young players coming into the into the dressing room and they cl- cry a lot. But it, but he didn't, you know, criticize them in 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 the public. He, what he said was actually, I had to adapt the way in which I manage these players and adapt the way in which I looked at modern life. Right. So, um, and Jose Mourinho didn't adapt. Um, on the flip side, the players. I mean, when when you look at the players, it it it, it it's just ridiculous. Uh, you know, you can talk about tactics, you can talk about systems and style of play, but none of that changes your ability to pass it five yards, to control a football, to run down and chase down balls, to um, you know make tackles, to be aggressive. That those things are in your should be part of your character, part of the way you play the game. And, you know, this, it, if you could, if you switch off and you're just because the, just because the man, you're, you're unhappy with the manager, you switch off and you don't do those things and you don't do your job on the pitch. That's on you. I get that it's the manager's job to motivate the team, but you should also have that, that sense of uh, personal pride. You go on that pitch, you give everything, you work to what the manager has told you to do. And if it doesn't work out, the manager takes the heat. But I think, this season, you can't say that it's been 100% Mourinho. You know, the tactic systems selection, yeah, it is on him. But the application, the you, you can't blame him for own goals. You can't blame him for conceding penalties. You can't blame him for misplaced passes and reduced work rate uh, and things like that. Um, so I think there's definitely shared blame. Uh, but I think it's easier to get rid of a manager than it is to get rid of a whole ton of players. Uh, and also you have to look at it and say, look, Alexis Sanchez, what's going on? He's a proven world-class footballer. We know that. Paul Pogba, Juan Mata, Anthony Martial. Uh, you've got Marcus Rashford, who is, you know, great potential. Lingard, Lukaku. Okay, I, I mean, I've gone off him a bit this season, but there's, <laughs> there's, 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 there are players there that you would have thought if you had a, uh, a kind of a proactive manager who's looking at finding a system to get them to work. There's, there's, there's talent there, um, but we never saw that attacking thrust. 
And this season, the defense was an absolute shambles, which under Mourinho, you're thinking, why is that? What, what is going on? Far too many individual errors, but also there's got to be something about the system there. And then Nemanja Matic totally lost it. I don't understand. Six months of excellence, and then he's just legs gone. He's done as well. So there's lots of things that have come in, come into play. Um, but it's it, it, you can't I can't pinpoint the specific reason. It's a whole load of things. Uh, and like I said earlier, you, the manager takes the heat. He has to take the heat. Um, and I said it with Moyes, and I said it with Van Hal. The buck stops with the manager. So whilst I'd, I've defended, I defended him quite a lot until the last few weeks. Um, you just can't argue with this decision. Yeah, there is still definitely talent in the squad, though, that hopefully a different manager could bring through. As we said before, there will be a caretaker until the end of the year. Um, lots of names being bandied about. Um, Laurent Blanc seems to make a lot of sense to me, maybe more than Zidane or Conte, specifically Conte, because if you brought in another defensive manager, I think the fans may riot. Um, but what do you think about those options? Is, is there anybody in particular that you have in mind for kind of that rest of the season role? So, I mean, this is a difficult one, right? It's it's There are lots of names, and I think the most um prominent name so far or most uh, common one that's been said is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer coming in as manager and Mike Phelan coming in as number two and then someone threw in Rene Moulinstein coming in as uh, a kind of a, a third option in the coaching staff that is and a combination of three managers that did not succeed in the championship uh, that's exactly what I <laughs> I tweeted earlier I was like <laughs> well you know, three three managers who to- who failed in the Premier League. Maybe between them, they can make one half decent single manager. I don't know, but I think the point is that they know the. Cl- I, not that I, I'm totally behind this, but I, like the, the, the thinking is they know the club, they understand the club, that they've been in the game, um, and it's only interim. So you know, no matter what they do, as long as you know they don't get relegated. <laughs> they're they're probably uh that it's kind of just take take us through to the end of the season type thing and in that time you're, you'd hope that they appoint a good director of football who then goes out and looks for a permanent manager those are na- those are three names or those are some of the names that have been mooted about zidane why would he take it there's no real like why would he take an interim role that that to me you know i think that would if if I could if you could get someone you'd say to Zidane yeah why don't you come in for six months and then if you do well you can get the permanent job uh, and that to me I would be I would be okay with that but then you've got to ask the question why would he do that it's not really a realistic option he's a he's won three Champions Leagues in a row why does he need to come to Manchester United in an interim role uh, Conte I think I agree with you it's just no thanks um, yes they won the league but I wasn't hugely a fan of his. Um, and then, and then you've got who else was you mentioned Laurent Blanc. I, I to be honest, don't know enough about him. But again, he's been at the club before, so that might make sense. Uh, um, but he was what manager at PSG before they kind of became a bit more successful. And then I think was he manager at France as well before Deschamps. So mm. I mean, he's got some of that experience, but. It, it, I don't have a name in my head. I just don't, I can't think of why you would put Solskjaer in. Like what's, what's, 
his pedigree um, other than he knows the club and, and clearly loves the club. Uh, and yeah, I, I think at this point in time, given the names that are being sort of banded about, I'd just be like, well, I'd give it to Cantona and make Roy Keane his assistant. Like, you know, what, what, what more damage <laughs> could they do than these other guys who have sort of done their coaching badges and, and, and not achieved anything in the game as managers. So, you know, other than obviously I'm talking about the sort of ex United guys, but you know, if you're thinking Zidane, then obviously he has achieved stuff, but I just don't think it's a realistic option. Judging by uh, your answer there, are you not expecting really anything from the remainder of this season? No, I think it would be a massive ask for anyone to come in and, and do anything really of note. I mean, we, you know, it's a huge opportunity for whoever does come in. I mean, we're last 16 in the Champions League. Uh, we're, okay, uh, 11 points off fourth, but a run of games and suddenly we're, we could be back in the mix for that. So I'm not saying there's nothing left to play for, but I feel like um, for a manager to come in and really take that on and go, and make something of a success from this absolute, uh, you know, this mess of a season. It, it's going to take more than someone like Solskjaer, I think. And as much as I love him, of course I love him. He's a club legend. Um, his Premier League record was dreadful. Uh, you speak to Cardiff fans, and sorry, was that he was in the Premier? Yeah, he was in the Premier League. So probably, yeah, you speak to Cardiff fans and they... Yeah, didn't, I, I felt that because earlier I said they all failed in the championship, but I think Phelan yeah, was yeah. at Hull when they were in the Premier League as well. Yeah, and Carlos Quiros, no, not Carlos Quiros, Rene Mullenstein was at Fulham. And I mentioned Carlos Quiros because I said as a joke, we might as well get the whole band together <laughs> and then and then get Steve McLaren back in as well and just get all the former assistant assistants in behind uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and basically throw enough shit at it and see what sticks um you know so um it does feel i mean i, I just yeah i think going back to Solskjaer, i just think when you speak to cardiff fans they didn't really have a sense of what he was trying to achieve um and it, it would be a kind of a more of a romantic interim than anything else but i i get it i get why you would go with something like that because it gives him an opportunity to maybe do something good um it give he's un, he's not going to get relegated um cuz that would be a disaster but he's not i don't think you know even the players on their own won't allow that to happen but and it, it's kind of like you you've got no commitment going into next season and he could by some whatever chance uh, get us to the champions league fourth the the fourth spot in in the premier league but it's. I mean, it's a difficult one. I don't have any answers. I just don't feel like any of these options that we've talked about are realistic or good enough. So, you know, I mean, we're getting, I think we're getting to the point where transfers for managers might become much more of a prominent thing. So, you know, mid-season, um, January transfer window, go out and just sign up a manager from, from mm. one of these other clubs. Um, but even then, who would you do it? Who who would realistically come into this mess of a club at the moment? So I think an interim is the right way to go because it gives them the opportunity to make those structural changes within the, the club, bring in a director of football, tell, basically say, Woodward, you're no longer in charge of the, the football side of things, um, crack on with the commercial deals. And if the Glazers are looking to sell, which apparently there are some 
small rumours, then they might that gives them the chance to go off and do that as well, and then and then you know crack on. So yeah, I, I think an interim is the most is probably the the most logical thing at this stage. Who I don't know. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. You brought up the January transfer window there, although talking about managers but what do you think you'll do in January if you aren't really sure yet? Because they've said the whole reason you're going to take this grace period is to kind of take internal stock of what's going on at the club and what's best long-term. That means you don't have a long-term target in mind, or at least implies it. So what do you do in January? Do, do you try to bring in somebody for whoever the interim manager ends up being, or do you just try to hold still and kind of drift even further probably away from that pack of the top five? And then just address mm. everything in the summer. I mean, I think it would be crazy to allow an interim manager to make huge money signings for the long term. Um, if you have a director of football in place, it, you know, even if there was a, one appointed tomorrow, what are they, you, they? You can't just put into place a transfer strategy, an entire footballing strategy for the next two, three years in a couple of weeks. Um, so I think it would be mental for united to go into the window and spend you know 50 million pound on a, pounds on a new center back even though i you know i'd love them to do it but it, it would it would seem really crazy to go out and do that um you may see some outgoings um i wouldn't be surprised from that perspective you may see you may see like if ole Gunnar Solskjaer was the manager he might recall someone like axel twanzebi uh from aston villa timothy foster mensa they may, he may recall them uh, because they're United boys and, and he might want that extra those extra pers- that extra personnel to evaluate them. But I, I think it would be madness. And, and it actually, you know, it, it would just be in keeping with Ed Woodward if he just went out and signed someone like Harry Maguire for £70 million and then we're just like sitting there going, what the hell are you doing? Um, but I think it would be mental if they went off and did something like that. Yeah, then obviously at the end of the season, um, regardless of where you finish, although, as you said, even top four would be a battle, although Champions League's still in play, especially if you got Blanc in to play against PSG, that would be very interesting. Um, But then you'll need a full-time manager. Uh, Who do you think is kind of on that shortlist for the club, and who would you like to see appointed, knowing they may be different people? Oh, my God. You know what? This This is a really difficult question because... I, I, whilst I, I knew that it was on the cards, I hadn't really thought about who would come in to replace Mourinho. 
Um, I think, uh, and you'll be totally aware, a lot of the rumors are out there today as well. Pochettino yeah. is on the list. Um, I think I think currently he's the favorite to be the next permanent manager. Um, I think, you know, aside from that, I, I don't know. I, there's not much imagination within the the board at, at United. I think if you get the right director of football in, he may have more sort of left field suggestions. Um, but I think Pochettino will be up there. They will be looking, I think, now for someone, hopefully, well, hopefully, I think you'll find that they'll look for more of a um, long-term sort of appointment, someone with a plan for the long-term and try and coordinate that with this director of football. Um, so, you, you know, I don't know if it's possible, but someone like maybe Julian Nagelsmann at, uh, where is he at? Hoffenheim. He's done some good work there. Potentially, um, they may, if Tuchel doesn't get the, win the Champions League with PSG, you know how erratic they can be. So he might be on the list. Um, um, then. How funny would that who, be if you knocked PSG out and then took him at the end of the year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Then you've got, who's the, the, the uh, I quite like the way um, Leipzig have played. So Ragnick, mm. he's, he's, he seems all right. The um, Ten Hag at Ajax, he's, he's doing some good work. And that might work if you bring in like Edwin van der Sar as director of football. Um, yeah, and if you could kind of undercut the Delict and uh, um, De Jong yeah, deals. So yeah. And they've got that hacking Zayet. So that could that could be a, a way to go. It depends on how they, they view the the long term that, that long term strategy. Um, but obviously Pochettino is is the man at that at that at that uh, that top level uh, in terms of favorite. A lot of people talk about Simeone, but I don't see it. That's like I the Conte thing been... again. If you have another two plus years of defensive football, I feel like your fan base would not take it well. No, exactly. And I don't think it would work. Um, I think with him, it was almost, um, you know, he just it's just the right fit. He's at that club and it's a right fit. And, you know, that's that's what they're um, that that's just worked. And, and, and it's great for him, but it, it may not work at other at other clubs. Um, so look, there's a lot to think about. And I think if they if they go if they do it, right um it could th- this is a critical point at that the in our sort of in for the next for the future basically they need to sort it out they ne- must realize now that the current model is working because look as much as the as much as obviously the results have been poor it it doesn't it, it does say a lot that that a manager like Mourinho a manager like Louis van Gaal and and Moyes as well. There was no, even after that, that those sort of with what nearly six years, or five and a half years. There's bit. There's no plan. There's nothing. There's like the next manager could easily come in and just go right. I actually don't want this player. I don't like this player. I don't like this player. And and suddenly you're back to square one. Right. There's no semblance of a thread that's run through. And they must realise that that is an issue, um, for 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 them. So. They have to uh, kind of realize that it's time to build and actually 
have a plan in place instead of just the same old like the first one was apparently Sir Alex Ferguson's pick the second one was again a name the third one is again a big name although I was hoping it'd do well but yeah we'll we'll see Lucy uh, who's is it Lucien Favre at um, Dortmund he could mm-hmm. be another one they play good football so there are names out there but none of them fit um, like Woodward's kind of you know that that kind of blockbuster like Galact let's say Galactico style name uh, Mourinho was probably the last one aside from Zidane but I you know he doesn't speak English I don't think um, yeah he he wants to come to England I think he's probably eyeing up Juventus mm, and Allegri maybe. may not may not last the season if they don't win the Champions League. Yeah, obviously I have thoughts about um, Pochettino <laughs> departing. Yeah. It would uh, Great umbrage would come along with that. Um, but I'm curious as to the thinking within the United fan base when it comes to Pochettino. Uh, as you and I have spoken about before, he's heavily criticized for not having won anything. And so now all of a sudden to be highlighted as this ideal replacement seems strange. I know you just said that there isn't an ideal one, and I assume part of that is that he doesn't come with a winning pedigree, um, especially as a manager. But why do you think that it is Pochettino that seems to kind of be the headliner at the moment? So I think that, I mean, the the simple answer is he is doing a great job at Tottenham in terms of the way, the style of football without the massive amount of financial backing. Obviously, he has signed players, but not to the level of, you know, say City, United, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea. Um, and he's clearly doing a great job. What I would say is his, uh, you know, uh, his win percentage at Tottenham, Klopp's win percentage at Liverpool, both are actually lower than Mourinho's win percentage at Manchester United. And Mourinho picked up two trophies on the way. So there, there it has to be. And I, I think what it is, is we want assembly, or when I say we, I'm talking the royal we and, and the people in the United fan base who want Pochettino. It's, he's, it's this idea that actually it is a long-term appointment. He's someone who builds um, and works with who he's got. He won't just come in and tear up the squad and bring in a whole host of his own players necessarily. Um, he will try and work with the guys there. He's clearly good at working with young players. We've seen that uh, proven and at United that's valued massively. You know, Imagine players like Marshall, Rashford, um, some of the younger guys in the youth team, uh, even someone like Pogba having someone that to nurture them. Obviously, Pogba's not a young player as such, but he's still got, um, you know, he can still be coached and nurtured. And so I think it's kind of all of those types of things that were that are attracting uh, the United, some of the United fan base. I'm not saying I would be upset if we 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 appointed him, but I think it's a completely different beast. Um, to go from Tottenham and then the level of scrutiny at United. I mean, you've seen it, and at at, uh, at uh, you know over the last six years that every every manager that's been at United, the scrutiny they come under. Um, that's not to say he can't do the job, uh, but I think the just the the simple winning a trophy is it's just a, it's a huge thing, right? If you if you've not done it. And I think this is something that does come through with some of his teams is that there is this feeling that they haven't they they 
can't quite get over the line. And it happened. It happens almost to all of his teams where they almost fade at the end of the season, almost like they're scared to win that trophy. Now, that's just an observation. It, it might not be uh, true. It might be me sort of inferring that. But it's what, until he gets over the line, it, it, it will always be a question mark to his, to his name. That being said, of all the managers out there, I think in, when you look at what I'd be looking for, I think he does tick a lot of the boxes. He probably doesn't tick that one box. Um, I mean, you could think about, I mean, all that old guard of coaches have almost, they're done now, right? Ancelotti, he's not, I wouldn't want him at the club. That's not a long-term progressive appointment. Um, we're looking for someone who's a young progressive manager who's going to come in, build up the team, build up the, the young players. And I think he fits that bill. And he's right on our doorstep, so I think he's in a lot of people's minds. But you know, if you think back to some of the names that I came up with, they fit that bill as well. And some of them have won stuff at the same time. So there, I think there probably are options out there, but it, it just depends on, I guess, the director of football that they bring in and, 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 and the, the plan for the future. And Pochettino... You know, I think you can't argue he's done an excellent job at Tottenham, especially this season, I think, having not signed anyone. You didn't sign anyone in the summer, did you? We did not, yeah. And he's still doing a brilliant job. Uh, so I think part of that, this season, there has been a kind of realisation, actually, look, he's, he's not, he hasn't been given $150 million in the summer to go and sign a Pogba or, or someone like that. He's he's working with what he's got, and I think that's also part of the massive criticism that Mourinho got. Is that look, there are managers out there who have come in and you know changed the way teams have played. They've worked with what they've got and improved the players currently in the squad without complaining about the fact they didn't get a centre back or they didn't get the player that they wanted. I mean, Sarri at Chelsea, you can see that they've. He's totally changed the way they play. It's been, I mean, they're not top of the league or anything, but it's been successful to a point. Unai Emery at Arsenal, they've changed the way that they play the game. And again, he may not go and win a trophy, but he's made those changes. So for Mourinho to say, I wasn't, essentially imply I wasn't backed and therefore can't be expected to do, to work with these guys is, is ridiculous. So I think he came out recently saying, this team isn't a team in my image which, well, why isn't it? You've been there for two and a half years. And I think there's that, when you when you put that, and it, it's kind of a juxtaposition against Pochettino, you can see why a lot of people would, would see him as a, as a good fit. Yeah, kind of a two-part um, response for me. First of all, I think the reason that Pochettino would be an amazing fit at Manchester United is not only would he save you a load on transfers because he doesn't request players, although he the one time he did it at Tottenham, it ended up being Sissoko, but it's finally working out, what, three years down the road. Um, but I think, especially with your squad, Pochettino would provide something that Jose certainly didn't, which was improving players. It seemed mm -hmm. like every player that came through the door under Jose Mourinho stopped at the level they entered the door. Like, I know he keeps wanting, he, he kept, sorry, past tense now, wanting another center back. But Baye and Lindelof were incredibly talented center backs when they came there. They just needed to be developed. But they didn't. Yeah. They just stopped at the level that they came in. And bringing in a manager like Pochettino, who is pretty much an expert on getting the most potential out of an individual, um, would ramp up the ability of your squad 
nearly immediately. I mean, if you got truly the best out of this kind of generation of Lingard and Martial, maybe even Pereira in midfield, you shore it up at the back. Obviously, Luke Shaw has worked with him before, but you get you maximize the potential of the likes of Baye and Lindelof. Delote maybe the answer there. I know he's young, but he has looked good early. But maybe you still replace that. Maybe you bring in an actual right winger. Um, but you add that in, then you have the Fred Pogba question mark in central midfield. I mean, the, the parts of a good team are there. And while a different manager may come in and demand signings to fill some of those holes, if Pochettino came, he might just make the players you already have good enough to be playing at a club like Manchester United. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because he, he may not be asking for money because he's at Tottenham and there's they, they're not historically going to go out and spend uh, £50 million on players on, on a regular basis, right? So maybe if he came to United, he would do what he's currently doing. But then also say, well, actually, we've got a hole here and I wouldn't mind this kind of player. What can you do for me? Um, and from a Glazer's perspective, they'd be happy to get a manager in who, if they told him, now nah, you're good, would, you know, maybe he would be OK with it. I suspect, though, at Tottenham, he would have liked a player in the summer. But just, mm. you know, it's. I think you still haven't got that person to come in and deputise for... Um, Harry Kane, but that's it a difficult seems impossible. Well, yeah. it is impossible because you play with a lone striker. He's gonna, when fit in the biggest games, he's gonna play. So whoever comes in has to be almost happy to sit on the bench and just get opportunities here and there. But then you can't. It's almost then it's really difficult to really that for that person to consistently come off the bench and score goals. So you know stuff like that it, it is a difficult one. But I think you, you, I suspect he would want someone you know, in there. And he probably would want players and I think he'd get backed. But, um, but yeah, I th- you know, overall, I'm not against him coming. I'm just at the moment in a position where I wouldn't be convinced by anyone coming in, to be honest, just because of the absolute dross that's going in terms above them. You know, I wouldn't, even if Pep, to be honest, even if Pep Guardiola came in, and somehow, let's say hypothetically, he came in. The structure above him isn't the same as the structure at City, where he's supported and and backed and whatever. And was supported above before him. he went because they signed the sporting director Chiki Bagaristain way well, before yeah, Pep exactly. showed up. Like they laid, they laid laid that groundwork down years in advance. So exactly. So I think there's just a lot of issues at the club that need to be sorted out and. Um. You know, if you start the structural issues at the club, then sorting that out, then there might there might be some sort of pathway to improvement. But at the moment, I feel like anyone who comes in at this particular stage till the end of the season, it's a huge opportunity for them. But in the permanent role, it's a poison chalice. And the optimism, though, now that Mourinho and his kind of boring dross players um, hating him guess, <laughs> style has I now departed. The, the, yeah, I guess the optimism comes from, well, maybe the next guy will at least put some attacking players on the pitch. I mean, when we set up against Liverpool, I think we had, what, well, we played 3-4-3. Three, three. So we had five defenders on the pitch and Pogba wasn't playing. And So I think at, at the very least, you're going to have, um, well, some hopefully someone has the opportunity to will take the opportunity rather to play the likes of Marshall Rashford together with Alexis Sanchez maybe when he's back you know how can you not get 
those a team a, a, a squad with those types of players and Juan Mata, how can you not get some attacking sort of excitement out of those types of players? It, it was it's just weird. Yeah. We'll definitely see uh, how all of this transpires, but it'll be interesting with this kind of six-month person and then a full-time person, and then we'll probably need at least a couple years to really gauge how good of a uh, choice that was in terms of manager. So uh, probably not going to have any immediate um, resolutions there, but it'll be an interesting ride, that's for sure. Any final thoughts from you? Um. I guess it's also massive now for the players. They don't really have the crutch to... So, you know, the crutch of criticizing the manager anymore as an excuse. Yeah, we may not get in a top level manager straight away, but you can't, there's no more excuse for these short, you know, for a poor touch, for a, well, a single poor touch, yeah, but consistently poor touches, consistently giving the ball away with small, with with, even at short passes, consistently just lay, uh, almost lazy looking performances, even if they think they're not being lazy. I think, um, it's huge for them to be honest i can see a lot of them going in the summer if the if the if we get a director of football in and they and he spot and he sees that they're not actually up to the job um so massive uh six months let's say for for the players as well um i don't think they should be proud of themselves i don't think they are off the hook yet either all right and then the very final parting shot do we ever see fellaini play meaningful minutes again I hope not. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you know what? He's played meaningful minutes under Moyes, Van Hal, and Mourinho. He there's clearly he's doing something, and I think it comes down to re- reliability in the sense that if you tell him to do something, he will at least try to do that thing. So they know that when they send him on the pitch with instructions, he'll do that. But to the best that, of his ability, not speaking to what that is. Yeah, exactly. Whatever you know, he he may. Tr- That's why I said he'll try and do that. Um, <laughs> so they, they, he's kind of like that kind of a player that managers can trust to go out and do that kind of thing. But I, I genuinely hope uh, nothing against the guy personally. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but any time he starts, it just tells you a lot about the mindset of the manager who's picked that team. That's that's what I think. So hopefully he doesn't get it. I don't mind him coming off the bench and grabbing uh, and causing mayhem in the box. You know, he's done that and he's done that well, that he's made a career off it. But when you start seeing him starting at the base of a midfield uh, and trying to dictate play and and popping up in in spaces where someone like Juan Mata could do some damage, then it's kind of it is disheartening. So, yeah, let's hope no, not too many meaningful minutes. All right, we'll leave things there. Joshi, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, tell folks where they can reach you. Uh, yep, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Doc underscore Joshi. Um, and I do usually do some stuff for Full Time Devils YouTube channel, but I'm a little bit busy at work, so not so much recently. Um, yep, catch me on either of those things or even, you know, obviously on this podcast as well. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time out. Best of luck uh, to you and United throughout this whole crazy process, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. Cheers. Hold up. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.